Welcome to the Chi Alpha at UNC Chapel Hill podcast. This podcast is designed to help you grow through our three foundations, devoted disciples, deep friendships, and deliberate servants. We hope you enjoy this message and that it encourages you in your spiritual growth. So tonight's, um, I'm going to start with a story. And um, I actually heard about this story a, a few years ago. Um, so about, about 26 hours from here, by plane, um, is a lovely collection of, of islands known as the Pacific Islands. Um, six years ago in these islands, a young girl and her family are facing a uh, very, very bad, very bleak situation. And it threatens not only their livelihood, but everybody on the islands. Everyone's going through a really hard time. The day to bring in so that people could eat and they find that their nets and their, their traps are, are empty. And this is pretty bad because those are like the two primary means that this girl and her family, along with all the others on the islands, have used to eat. And they soon find out that something is not only um, affecting the fruit and the fish, but the whole vitality of the island as well. Flowers are dying, uh, trees are looking a little bit more droopy than usual, and uh, the waves in the ocean are getting a lot rougher right now. Um, if you haven't figured it out by now, I'm actually talking about the Disney movie Moana. I knew it. Yep, I figured it. You guys are smart. Now, through the first 30 minutes of, of the movie, Moana struggles with being called out to the sea uh, to explore the unknown, uh, to accepting her role as the next chief of, of her people. Has anybody seen Moana, by the way? Have y'all seen it? Both y'all have? All right, homework after this. Watch Moana. That's right. It's a good movie. Yep. Um, and so her father is the current chief of the people of the islands, and he repeatedly reminds everyone uh, that no one is allowed to go beyond the barrier reef. Moana argues with him and says, if we can just go beyond the barrier reef, we'll get more fish, we'll get the fruit, our people will survive, we'll keep going on. Um, but as the, as the fish are scarce and the fruit is struck with blight, what can people do? Through her grandmother's help, Moana discovers some old Voyager boats that the people had hidden away years ago. And reading the sails of the boat, she learns that her people were voyagers. When they found one island, they would settle and establish their way of life and send the next generation of the tribe to go out and keep finding new islands to live off of and discover. Yet Maui, who's there, uh, he steals the heart of the island. Maui is a, is a demigod, by the way. He steals the heart of an island, and everything gets thrown into chaos. That's why there's no fish. That's why the, the fruit is going bad. And the reason the people stop going to explore is because sea monsters and dangers come up and strike fear into the hearts of all the people where people say, I don't want to go out on there because I might not come back. And so no one... No one's willing to go. No one, of course, until Moana. Moana goes to find Maui to return the heart of the island and to save her people. She takes on the biggest risk of all. And that's all I'll say about Moana in case you do want to go watch it. I don't want to uh, spoil it for you. <laughs> um, we've all engaged in some kind of level of commitment or risk, haven't we? One of the biggest risks in my life was saying yes to become a missionary with Chi Alpha. 
I went from working at a, a corporate office where uh, I had my own little desk and my own area and my, uh, my hours were set and I had a uh, decent paycheck, I had good benefits. I, I traded all that in to move four hours away where I didn't know anyone and I, um, I went from working set hours to working wonky hours because hashtag ministry. Um, and I was believing in faith that the people I talked with and shared vision for what God could do on the campus were going to send in their donations every month so I could pay my rent and eat. Crazy, yes. Um, any, anybody in here playing, playing poker? Any poker players? No? Okay. That's okay. Uh, but you probably understand how the game, the game goes, right? Um, at a certain point in the game when, when the bets are being placed, a player might utter these like two big words, right? These words signal the, the highest risk that a player can take at, uh, when the, the, the bets are being made. At once, they push all their chips in and they say, I'm all in, all in. This level of risk and commitment is then passed on to the other players who can either match what the, what the pot is or lose whatever prior bets that they've made. Now, you may not know this, but Moana and poker have a lot to do with the kingdom of God. It's all about taking on a high level of risk. And to illustrate this, we're going to actually look at the scriptures tonight, and we're going to look at Matthew 25, 14 through 30. Um, I'm going to be reading from the message translation, which is basically a poetic paraphrase of, of scriptures. And so Jesus is telling his parable, and um, he's telling about what the kingdom of God is like. And he's, he starts... He starts off this parable, the parable of the talents, by, uh, by saying this. He says, The kingdom of God is also like a man going off on an extended trip. He called his servants together and delegated responsibilities. To one he gave $5,000, to another 2000 to a third 1000 depending on their abilities. Then he left. Right off, the first servant went to work and doubled his master's investment. The second did the same. But the man with a single thousand dug a hole and carefully buried his master's money. After a long absence, the master of those three servants came back and settled up with them. The one given $5,000 showed him how he had doubled his investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant with the 2,000 showed how he had also doubled his master's investment. His master commended him. Good work. You did your job well. From now on, be my partner. The servant given 1,000 said, Master, I know you have high standards and hate careless ways, that you demand the best and make no allowances for error. I was afraid I might disappoint you, so I found a good hiding place and secured your money. Here it is, safe and sound, down to the last cent. Now, you, you might think, oh, like, I got my 1,000 back. Great, you know. But this guy was furious. That's a terrible way to live. It's criminal to live cautiously like that. If you knew I was after the best, why did you do less than the least? The least you could have done would have been to invest the sum with the bankers where at least I would have gotten a little interest. Take the thousand and give it to the one who risked the most and get rid of this play at safe who won't go out on a limb. Throw him out into utter darkness. Pretty crazy, right? Pretty crazy. Now in your Bibles... Um, 
if you pull this uh, parable up, you would see that it's called the parable of the talents. Uh, Jesus spoke in parables as a literary skill to capture both uh, audience, attention, and imagination, and to convey powerful truths through the telling of, of these stories. Now, for the people hearing this, this story particularly, a talent was a sum of money. Uh, one talent equaled about 6,000 denarii, and a denarii back in that day was worth about a day's wage. And so for those hearing the story, their eyes would light up when they heard that someone was entrusted with five talents. Five talents would equal to about a hundred years worth of wages. Could you believe that? Receiving a hundred years worth of wages? In other words, you'd be set. You'd be set. But since we aren't paid in, in denarian talents, I love how Eugene Peterson, the author of, of the message translation, puts these verses into something we can understand. $5,000 is a lot of money. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know if it's a lot of money to, for you, but to, to me, $5,000 is a lot of money. Uh, $2,000 is a lot of money. Even 1000 can go pretty far uh, in, this, in this decent economy. So um, what, is this, what does this story mean, right? What does this story mean? What is Jesus trying to convey um, in this story and sharing with the people? The first thing we, know, we need to notice in this story uh, is that it sits in a larger theme. Jesus is giving a end times discourse that can be found from uh, the beginning of Matthew 24 all the way to the end of Matthew 25. And in this discourse, Jesus wants to communicate two things to his disciples, the certainty of these two things, that there will be an end to this age and that he will return. So as we look at this parable, we see certain things that I'd like to highlight tonight. Um, there's a very wealthy man who needs to be away from his estate for business. We don't know what business he has, um, but we know that, this, that he has great ambition because he doesn't want his assets to sit idly by. I've got all this money. I need to put it to work while I'm gone. What he does is he calls individuals, servants who work for him, and he gives them investments based on their abilities, which I believe is key, to put his money to work. And these people, they, they, they weren't just like people that came up off the street. These people had been serving him for, for some time. And so he knew them. He had a relationship with them. And after a long time, the, the man comes back. And we don't know how long he'd been gone. It doesn't say. But it's likely that this was not necessarily a short trip that would only last a few weeks. If anything, this trip lasted probably for a few months, if not years. And so, you know, it, it could be easy to receive that money and think, you know, the master's not back yet. I've got these $5,000. I could spend it on whatever I want. I can buy my own house. I can do, I can do this thing. Uh, the person with the 2000 could have also said the same thing. But instead, um, the master does eventually come back, and uh, he calls his servants in. The first two, um, though they were made responsible for different amounts, managed to double the thousands that were given to him. To, to them. So 5,000 became 10,000, 2,000 became 4,000. The master is very excited. Uh, because of their good stewardship, he says, you are going to be my partners now. Could you imagine going from a servant to partner with the master? Like you get your own amount of money to go and invest and do whatever you want. That'd be great. But then there's the one who got the $1,000. Now we can safely assume from this guy that he is probably a pirate because he buried the money that was given to him. 
he doesn't even do the bare minimum. He doesn't even put the money in the bank where it could get, gain interest. He takes it and hides it because he was afraid more of who his master is than what the master could do. And as a result, this man is disassociated from the master's estate. And he's thrown out into utter darkness. Who knows what happens to him after that? Uh, there's, a, there's a verse in the Bible that says, To whom much is given, much is required. And uh, another way to say it is, With great power comes great responsibility. That's my son there um, in his Spider-Man PJs. Uh, this quote is contributed to Uncle Ben or Aunt May, depending on which multiverse you're living in, in, in the Spider-Verse. So um, with great power comes great responsibility. What does this mean for us today? Uh, there are a number of things that I believe we can take away from these scriptures tonight. The first thing I believe that we can take away is that God is incredibly generous and wants to be generous towards everyone. If you're not a follower of Jesus and you don't have a relationship with God, um, I'd encourage you to do whatever you can to get to know him. God is extremely generous in both material and immaterial blessings, and he's actively looking to share those blessings with you and I, with the, those who would choose to enjoy him and be with him. If you want to get to know God better for yourself, speak to one of the staff here tonight, and we'd be more than happy to help you out. The second thing I believe that we can take away from uh, this uh, passage of scriptures here is that if you are a follower of Jesus, whether you realize it or not, you've been given a blessings gift. Each of us has been given something according to our abilities. What does that mean? It means taking a look at your personality your skill set, your circles of influence, your resources, where you live, who you work with, and asking yourself, am I doing everything I can with what I've been given to leverage the kingdom of God in the spaces I inhabit and with the people I run with? There's some people that I'm never going to see, but Chris is going to see them. And there's some people that Chris is never going to see that George sees or that Manuel sees or that David sees. We each have a sphere of influence and we each have groups of people that we can share the good news with and share the gospel with in our own ways and according to our own abilities. But are we doing it? That's the question. The reason that I believe that this can be hard is because of some of the excuses that we make. Um, Some of these excuses that we make are, I'm afraid of what people will think of me, right? I don't want to look foolish or I don't want to alienate myself from my friends. I'm not as blank as, you know, whoever is. I'm not as musically gifted as Chris is. Chris is exceptionally gifted in, in, in music. I'm nowhere near that, that close. I could use that as an excuse to say, uh, I'm, I'm just going to let Chris do all the evangelizing and, and worship leading because I don't have anything to offer. I don't have time, right? We're so busy. Uh, we love to fill our, our, our schedules with so many different things. Um, we barely get enough time to sleep. Why would I cram more time in, in going out and sharing the gospel? I don't know what gifts or skills I have. Okay, that's a legitimate excuse, but uh, there are plenty of resources, and there are, we have the internet in our pockets. We can just Google what gifts, what spiritual gifts are and learn about it. But you also have access to us as staff. We can help you determine what your gifts and and skills are. I'm afraid of failing, right? 
If I go out on a limb and if I do something, I'm afraid it's not going to go well. I don't want to miss other opportunities. Man, that, that, is, that, that is a big one. I don't want to miss other opportunities. Um, what if something better comes along? What if I'm working for the kingdom of God and something, something better comes along? Well, you have, to, you have to make that choice. You have to make that decision for yourself, right? Now, there, there, are, there are people like us, uh, us meaning like Brooke and Joe, Michelle and David and, and myself. We're missionaries, right? And our work is to um, evangelize the campus, make disciples, um, provide a, a spiritual environment for the students of Carolina. Then there are people that... Um, go out into the marketplace and do all these amazing things uh, in, in the business world. Um, you have a job as well. You, you can say, well, I'll leave it to the missionaries or, or I'll leave it to my pastor or I'll leave it to my, my mentor to, to go and make disciples and do those things. Um, but hey, when you're, when you're uh, punching the numbers uh, on your computer or when you're uh, sending emails or when you're joining a Zoom meeting or when you're uh, on, on a call, on a business call, whatever, you have those relationships that, honestly, I'm probably never going to have. I'm never going to have those relationships. And you have an opportunity that because God has given you your job and God has placed you uh, where you are in your time to uh, be his witness to those people that you have in your life. And, hey, I, I get it. I'm, a, I'm an introvert. If, if, you, if you hang around me long enough, you, you discover that, yes, I am an introvert. I can, I can be very quiet. But because I'm an introvert, I'm not going to go and talk to people. Or um, because I work with someone who is an extrovert, I'll let them do all the evangelizing and I'll do all the whatever else. But that's not how the kingdom of God works. Um, I don't want to be—I don't want to be like the one that received a thousand dollars and did nothing with it. I'll come back to that in a second. The third thing that I believe that that I, I believe that we can take from this passage of scriptures tonight is that if we're going to see a move of God on our campus, it's going to take something that is extremely big. And I realize that this is a trigger word for some of us, and I'm sorry that you saw it before I said it's a trigger word. Commitment. If we are going to see anything come to fruition in our work on campus, it's going to take commitment from every single one of us. Even you all listening on the podcast later. Um, when the servants were given the master's money to work with and multiply, they had to make a decision right then and there what they were going to do. Am I going to be committed to what the master has given me or am I going to do something else? By agreeing to take on this, this money and this responsibility, they may have had to decline other responsibilities and other opportunities that, um, that, so that they could focus on the task at hand. And for us here, uh, there are several interesting things that happen on campus all the time. Fun things even. There, did you know that there are over 800 student organizations on campus? When we were coming over here tonight, there was a... Uh, right across the hall, an embroidery tea party. It looked kind of fun. I might have been interested in, in checking that out. But there's things like that everywhere. There's things like that everywhere. And that's just student orgs. That's not the, the, the fun classes that you can take. Nobody likes to take classes. I know. Uh, it's okay. The more we say yes to um, these, these other things, uh, the more we spread ourselves super thin
and can't fully commit to the more important things in our lives. The more you say yes to things, the more you spread yourself out and you're not living your best self. You're not living um, to the fullest ability because you're spread so thin. But if you concentrate and if you focus on a few things and you, you say no to other things, you can live into the fullness and the reality that God has made you to be. Again, so many fun things. Um, I believe that if, if we were able to uh, pull up all the things on Hill Life and look at all the student orgs and look at all the classes and look at all the other things around Chapel Hill itself, we could easily fill up 24 hours. Um, I believe that campus, campus is the machine that runs nonstop. However, for us, we have the power and the ability to set our face and our actions toward what is most important. And we have this because of Jesus. Jesus is the ultimate commitment that we can look to in our lives because of what He has done on the cross for us. His sacrifice, His commitment gave us the freedom to die to sin, live a whole and complete life, and abandon any idols we set up for ourselves. We now have the capacity and the freedom to walk in commitments to the Father and His building of the kingdom here at UNC. I love what 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 15 says. It says, And He died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for Him who died for them and was raised again. Again, I don't know about you guys. When I read the scriptures, when I read, when I read the parables, um, I, don't, I don't want to end up like the one who received a good amount of money, $1,000, right? And He did nothing with it. I don't, want to be, uh, I don't want to be labeled as a play it safe. I don't want to be labeled as... Uh, someone who was thrown out into utter darkness. Um, the, the, best, the best stories, the best movies, uh, there's, there's always that moment of fierce tension. There's always that moment of, of risk. You know, in, in, in Moana, there wouldn't have been a story if Moana hadn't uh, jumped on the boat and uh, sailed off into the, the unknown to find, to find Maui. She could have stayed on the island, and the, <laughs> the island would have died, and the people would have died, and that would have been it. That would have been the movie, Right? But who cares about that? Nobody wants to read about that. Instead, we see oh, what's going to happen to her, what's going to happen to Moana as she, as she sells off. If, if, no one, if no one went all in on poker and you only bet a chip at a time, that'd be a super long game, right? I believe that we need to be risky for God. Uh, there's too much at stake on our campus and in our world. Not even just our campus, but our world right now. Just to sit on our hands and not proclaim the gospel to our friends and our classmates. I'm not even talking about strangers. I'm talking about people that we see, that we have a relationship with. We, and, and strangers need the gospel too. But I'm saying that we can at least start with our friends and classmates. There's too much at stake to stay on the sidelines and think someone else is going to do this. Someone else is going to come along. We all have a part to play in representing the body of Christ to our campus. And I hope that we um, do that. I hope that we take some time to consider what it means um, to share that with, with our friends and our classmates. As we come to a close, I want, to think about, I want us to think about three questions um, that we can take from this, this parable. And they'll be up here for us. Um, number one, am I trustworthy enough to receive st stewardship over the Lord's belongings? In other words, do I, have, do I even have a relationship with the Lord to where He's um, willing to trust me with what's, uh, 
what he has? Do I have a re- relationship with, with the Lord? Number two, um, am I holding a grudge over someone who has received more than me? Chris, I'll, I'll, I'll pick on you again. I could easily say like, man, darn that Chris, he's, he plays so well on the guitar. I'm so mad at that. Why didn't you bless me with uh, musical skills, uh, God? Like, why, why don't I have anything? And I could hold that grudge over that, uh, over, over Chris or, or anybody. But we have been blessed according to our, our abilities. But that's, that's a question that we have to face. We can say, we can easily look at someone else and say, man, uh, that person has, has it all and I don't have anything. Why is that? And the, the third one, am I remaining faithful to the Lord through the whole process? Again, the big long time arc, um, the, the, the servants could have easily gone off and, and did their own thing at any point in time, but they remained faithful, believing that what they were doing was important enough for the master and that they also believed and they had hope that the master would return and they'd be able to present something um, to him. today's message. For more information about our ministry, visit us on the web at www.xa-unc.com.